There's, um, I believe it's called Angel Tree, where there are gifts that have been purchased and they need need to be delivered. And if you are interested in being part of that, Peggy will be out back with all the the gifts that have been purchased. And you can just let her know you'd like to do that and uh, they'll be divvying that out and you can be a part of that. I believe they're they're doing that this coming Sunday. Hmm. We're going to talk about something tonight that's um, not real light uh, or cheery. It's a warning. It's a warning. And it's uh, the book of Jude. We're going to do the whole book tonight. Actually, we're going to do the last few verses, but it's just 25 verses altogether. Let me read this um, for you here this evening. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ." Now I desire to remind you, though you know all things once for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. And angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. I don't know if you um, believe in hell or not. You should. God obviously does. He speaks of it often in his word. And uh, while John Lennon wrote a very pretty little song, it is absolutely meaningless to God. My heart goes out to John Lennon. He was absolutely clueless. There is a heaven and there is a hell. And... Our God, while we are here and we've just sung some carols and they're lovely and they sing of his grace and his goodness and his patience and his mercy to come and take on the form of a man 
which in itself is stunning and glorious and wonderful. That same God, as creative and beautiful and merciful as he is, he is also just. He is absolutely just. And he has said there is only one way for us as his creation to come to him. Now here's the deal. If we don't come to him his way through Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, according to the word of God, it's very clear, you will not spend eternity in paradise. You will not be in heaven with our incredible king. You will spend eternity separated totally from him, which is hell. You were created, I was created, to fellowship with him, to serve him, to worship him forever. However, he gave us an incredible choice. Heard the term free will, and he, uh, he gives us that. He does not demand that we all obey everything that he said. We can choose not to. But when we choose not to, we choose to separate ourselves from him. Again, the coming of Christ is that incredible story. Even though we had chosen that and we now inherit from our fathers and their, and their fathers and so on, we inherit that fallen nature. We are born in sin, twisted, full of iniquity, and separated from God. That's the word of God. Merry Christmas. <laughs> um, not trying to be um, flippant here, but um, <laughs> last week in my personal study, I, I read Jude, and uh, as I was reading it, this doesn't always happen, but it's the Lord just laid out an outline for a sermon, and I didn't know I was going to be preaching tonight. Um, but when I found out I was going to be preaching, I knew this was what he gave me for tonight. So I'm not going to apologize. This is a, this is a very strong word. It's, it's not a pleasant word. But I would be a, an irresponsible and foolish pastor to not warn you, even as uh, many of the writers in the New Testament warned over and over again against what we're going to call apostasy. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's continue, though. But I, I, I don't want us to be mistaken here. There is eternal fire. There is eternal damnation. There is eternal separation from God for those who refuse to submit to him and receive what is an incredible 
the gift of all gifts. Magnificent. That in our twisted state, he would come and he would come and die and pay specifically the price for our sinfulness. That he would become a man and bear our very sins himself on the cross and pay the price in full. But it's only paid for those who receive that gift and remain in him. Let's read on. Verse 8. Yet in the same way these men also being by dreaming defile the flesh and reject authority and revile angelic majesties. But Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him a railing judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these men revile the things which they do not understand, and the things which they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals. By these things they are destroyed. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, And for pay, they have rushed headlong into the error of Balaam and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves, clouds without water, carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, Wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam. Wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these men that Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment. Upon all, and to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are, listen to this list. These are grumblers finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. We're going to come back to the, uh, the rest of it, and that's where we're really going to focus is on the rest of it. But I want to make sure that we're, we're really clear here. Apostasy is the abandonment or renunciation of a religious or political belief. Uh, in essence, to be apostate, to be in, in apostasy, means you are faithless. You may... Say that you believe in God. But remember, even the demons believe in God. The key isn't just believing that God is there. The key is submitting to the very one who came and sacrificed his life for you. It's to submit to him and serve him and love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Galatians 5.4, uh, let, let me first say this. There are really two ways to be apostate. 
one of them is to be overcome by sin. Uh, the big word is licentiousness. And that would, that would suggest that when we've heard so much about the grace of Jesus Christ, and this is where I think many in America are today, where we've heard so much about the grace of Jesus, and there's, there's been uh, heretical teaching by some. I say, as long as you've received Jesus, you're good to go. You're good to go. It doesn't matter what you do from that point on, you're in. That is not the word of God. Now, at the same time, there's this incredible truth that if we are truly his, he will keep us. He will hold on to us. It's quite a dichotomy. But it's something for us to to keep in mind. So one way to become apostate is to be so convinced that that's ah, really not a big deal. God really doesn't care so much what we do anymore as long as we take communion once in a while and we, we, we've said a few things, maybe got baptized. It just doesn't matter. That is what false teachers would have you believe. That is what Satan would have you believe. Now the other side, the other way to become apostate is spoken of in the book of Galatians. And that is to be overcome by legalism, kind of the opposite. It's where we say, I'm going to earn my way into salvation, into heaven. So I'm going to follow these rules. I'm going to, I'm going to make God let me in by being so good. But that's a fool's errand, isn't it? We should know that that's absolutely impossible. There is no one who can fulfill all the law. There is none righteous, no, not one. All our sins are as filthy rags, Scripture says. None of us can earn our salvation. And that's the other way to, be, to get yourself in real trouble is to think, man, I'm going to be so good, I'm going to do so much stuff. that, And we get our eyes off of who? Christ. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about Jesus. I am going to become, I am, I am going to obey him because he gave himself for me. I am going to be holy because he is holy and he has called me to be holy even as he is holy. So I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do that so I can earn my salvation. Is that clear? Clear as mud? It needs to be really clear. If I confuse you, please, after the service, pull me aside so I can, uh, I can dig my way out of whatever I've created here. Jesus, I want to I stop here and plead with you for, um, for clarity of thought. We invite you, Holy Spirit. They don't need, they don't need to hear Steve Sherman. They need to hear the truth from your word. We all need your truth. So Holy Spirit, come and speak to each of us. Build us up in you, we pray, in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Galatians 5, 4 says, You have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. So, again, there's those two ways. One is by disregarding 
the law totally and saying I'm in so it doesn't matter what I do. The other is by saying, man, the law is everything, so I've got to follow the law, and that's how I get saved. All right. So here at the end of this little letter, Jude, it tells us, it gives us a little blueprint, safeguards against apostasy. How can we make sure that we don't fall into that? You don't need to fear as long as you're continuing to cling to him and his word. So I'm... I'm, yes, I'm trying to scare you tonight into taking a very close look at your life. But as long as you are right with the king and you are seeking him with all your heart, you can also be at peace. He will keep you. But make sure you're taking a good look. Remember, we're warned any time that we take the Lord's Supper that we ought to examine our hearts. We ought to examine our lives. And that whole thing is not a one-time deal that, boy, I I repented, I prayed, it's over, now I'm in. It's a continual process of being in Christ. Amen? So, verse 17. But you, beloved, and here we hear the heart of Jude, just like Paul so many times in his letters. Speaking to the believers as what? The beloved. I love that. It's a beautiful thing. When we are submitted to him, we are the beloved. We're still the beloved even if we are falling, but we're in a dangerous place. He still loves you at that point. He loves the ones who are apostate, but his justice demands that if they turn into these things and never turn back, there is judgment. So here we go. Safeguards against apostasy. But you, beloved ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you in the last time, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are doubting, save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. All right, I'm going to stop there. So here's safeguards. Safeguard number one. We need to remember these warnings. I'm here trying to remind us of that tonight. But it needs to be a continual thing in our lives where we 
stop and say, Jesus, Lord, is there anything that I'm getting out of line? Is, is, am I losing sight of what you call me to? Am I straying from what you have called me to and what you've asked of me? It's a really important part of our Christian discipline to confess sin, to repent, to turn back, to ask him for forgiveness. The beautiful thing is, as, as we all know, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, remember these warnings. That's the first step. Remember these warnings about ungodly mockers. Ungodly mockers. They're out there. There are probably some who attend this church. Probably not too many because we... we really focus, and I love, I love that Dee and Mike really focus on the Word of God, on the Word of God, not on their opinions, not on uh, popular ideas, but what does the Word of God say? And that's crucial that we keep that ever before us. Verses 17 to 19 again, But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, In the last time there will be mockers, following after their own godly lust, ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. There will be mockers. There will be troublemakers. There, there will be ones who try and get us off track. Whether they are even aware that's what they're doing or not. Usually they're not. Usually they think they've got the answers. Usually they think they're where they belong. And they want other people to be right where they're at, even if it's not where they belong. And so they will act like they're believers. They think they are believers. But they will have twisted ways in their heart and mind, that have not been dealt with. They've turned a hard heart to the Holy Spirit. And we need to be on guard against that. I'm sure Pastor D and Pastor Mike would say the same thing. Everything that they say to you, everything that I say to you, check against the Word of God. Make sure what I'm telling you is in line with Scripture. Just because I'm up here doesn't mean everything that I say will automatically be truth. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Check everything against the word of God. 2 Peter 3, 1-4 says, This is now, beloved, the second letter I am writing to you, in which I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the words spoken beforehand by the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior spoken by your apostles. Know this, first of all, that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. Lighten up. Relax, don't, don't take all this stuff so seriously. Uh, yeah. And there are teachers out there. There are teachers with thousands and thousands of followers. 
who sometimes teach heretical things. They teach like Peter's warning about here, like Jude is warning about. We must be careful. Remember the warnings. Second Peter 3.17, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. This is a very real thing we need to be on guard against. Number two, we need to build ourselves up in the faith. Verse 20 says that, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith. How do you do that? How do we build ourselves up in the faith? Anybody here taking the leadership classes? Yeah, quite a few of you. Uh, Discipleship classes. Following after Jesus is a challenge. It's really hard. He's holy. He's perfect. He's beautiful. All of his ways are beautiful and full of life. If I don't carefully daily seek him in his word read your bible every day every day every day be in prayer give time for the holy spirit to to speak to us if we aren't doing those things we are in a dangerous place the tendency is to slide back into the things that once held us our flesh will take us wherever we will let it take us if we're not on guard We have to build ourselves up. Building is hard work. I just started a physical regimen. I I just had knee surgery just a little over a month ago. And when I went to the therapist afterwards, he happens to be my nephew, uh, to get therapy for the knee, I said, Mitchell, I, I want you to give me more than just my knee. I've just really let go of myself physically. I haven't worked at things. I used to be in sports and everything, but I'm really not doing much. Can you give me a little regimen to follow so that I can, you know, keep my, my shoulders so they don't fall apart like they do on as we get older, uh, my hips, my knees, and so on. I, I need more strength. I can already tell. I can't do a lot of the things I used to do. And he said, absolutely. Well, it takes work. I have to force myself to do this, to, to follow through these little exercises that he's having me doing. But I, I'm loving it because I can feel it making a difference in me. I have more energy. I'm getting stronger. It's a beautiful thing. It's even having an effect on how well I think and process things because my body's just in a better state. Our spirit, our soul... Is, it's the same thing. We have to work in order to be built up in the faith. We have to seek the word of God, meditate, memorize. Man, that's a tough one, isn't it? Memorizing, the older we get, some that's a real scary thing. But wow, the riches that come. I have been loving it. When I first... Um, met Pastor D. It was back when I was first starting in ministry, back in the late 80s. And my wife and her family had attended JBC. And uh, so she introduced me to D because D was doing these discipleship things. And I knew, I knew there was a need for discipleship. And I'm in training at 
uh, Bible college or seminary getting my master's. And so I sat down with Dee a couple times. And he laid out the same principles that he uses still today in the discipleship classes. And I could tell that was exactly what needed to happen for young, for, for people that wanted to follow after Jesus. And so I applied those when I first went into ministry. And I saw beautiful things. God did beautiful things in people's lives as they built up their holy faith with those disciplines. As I went to a couple different places, I, I forgot about how critical those things are. I know it sounds terrible. It is terrible. I didn't make it a priority to have that discipleship training at the very forefront of, 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 of our ministry. We were busy. We had all kinds of other things to do. It was a huge mistake. We must, every one of us, personally build ourselves up in Jesus. You will not be sorry for the time you invest in this. Colossians 2.68 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the traditions of men. How do you keep that from happening? You know the word of God. Right? According to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ. you got to know the word. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. What we are doing has eternal consequences. When we choose to be disciplined and in the word and in his presence and praying... It's not just good for today. The exercises I do, that's just good for my body. But this has eternal consequences. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Do you hear that? Paul is saying there, I could get disqualified. Now, if Paul, if there's a chance that Paul could get disqualified, I think we all need to take this serious and really seek after him. Amen? Number three, to guard against apostasy, we need to pray consistently in the will and power of the Holy Spirit. Again, back to Jude 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Now that doesn't... There will be some who who say that that means you have to pray in tongues. And I don't think that's what it's saying. It means that we are in such close communication and communion with the Spirit that when we pray, we are praying what He would be praying. We are thinking what he would be thinking. His priorities are our priorities. And so when we are at that place thinking his thoughts and asking his stuff, 
our prayers are going to be answered. If we're praying just asking God to give us stuff that we want selfishly, Scripture tells us that's not going to get answered, is it? We need to pray in the will and power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, John fifteen seven says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. There's a big if right there. If you abide in me. I think sometimes we want to just do whatever we want to do throughout our days, but boy, then we get in trouble. There's something big happens and we want to say, God, do this for me. Well, I can't answer for him on that, uh, but there's a, a real likelihood that, that that prayer may not be answered if we haven't been in him, abiding in him. I'm not saying don't pray if you're there. <laughs> Definitely still pray. But don't expect, if you haven't been in the Spirit, in him, to see him move like he would like to be moving in our lives. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that truth. I love that verse. I love that promise. And I'm learning to love my prayer time more and more. Ephesians 6.18 With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. Instructions over and over again in the New Testament. Be praying. Be praying. Number four. If you want to stand against apostasy, it's crucial that you remain in the place where God's love is poured out on his children. And where is that? Where is that? It's in the place of obedience. We cannot just disobey him and expect his blessing to continue. I've got four beautiful grandchildren, which I am absolutely loving, enjoying that. But I'm reminded again, as I was when I had my own children, (laughs) how much human nature is there. And uh, when one of them is choosing to absolutely disregard grandpa, grandpa still loves them, but I don't bless them. Keep yourselves in the love of God, Jude 21. John 15, 9 to 11, just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Hear Jesus here. Abide in my love. He's always calling, isn't he? He's always pleading. Abide in my love. Don't get drawn away by your flesh. Don't get drawn away by the things of this world. Abide in me. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. 
just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus, if you'll remember, when he was here, he said, I only do what the father tells me to do. He didn't waver from that reality one iota. Do you remember when he was in the garden and he's about to be crucified and he knows he's in for it. He is in for, as a, as a man, God become man, God become flesh. He is in for suffering beyond what any of us will ever know, including rejection by his very father. And you can tell that he was struggling as he, he's sweating profusely to the point of sweating blood there in the garden. And he says, Father, if there's another way to get this done, let's do that. (laughs) But not my will, but yours be done. He obeyed the Father completely. And they were one, except for that brief moment on the cross. They were one. If you keep my commandments, verse 10, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Number five, eagerly long for and look for our glorification in him. Verse 21b says, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. This is one we forget at times. This is one we don't always think about. Our attention is so drawn to what we're involved in every day. We're so busy. There's so much to do. Work and family and, and our hobbies and activities and Christmas is just around the corner and there's just this continual list of demands and uh, our focus is always on the stuff of this world. And yet Jesus calls and he says, no, remember this world is not your home. You're just passing through. This is temporary. We are strangers and aliens here. So don't be so consumed with these things that you don't eagerly look for and long for my coming. How much time do you spend thinking about that? I know I don't. I I really want to work on that. I want to make it a, a priority to seek him more and think about what's coming because it's really exciting when you do. Philippians three seventeen to 21 says, Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern that you have in us. For many walk, of whom I often told you and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite, whose glory is in their shame, and who set their minds on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which... Also, we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory 
by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. He's going to make it happen. He's going to do it. I'm going to make it. Because I keep seeking him, bowing before him. And he is that powerful and that faithful. I'm going to make it. You too, eh? Number, number six. Be involved in rescue missions. Hmm. This one was interesting. Jude 22 and 23 says, And have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear. Interesting. I'm running out of time. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this. But this is part of what will help keep us where we belong, is looking to be part of God's kingdom business. It's one of the grand privileges of being his kids. Not just to sit around and be holy, act uh, all righteous, and don't smoke and drink and chase girls that do. It, it is to join him in this incredible privilege of being part of the building of the kingdom of God. You and I can make a difference. When we see someone who we fear and, and see that, oh my, they're in trouble. They're, they're actually listening to this heresy or this dangerous stuff. I see them being involved in this sin. It's not for us to hope someone else deals with that. It's, it's actually not for us to turn them away at first. There may come a time for that. But we are to see what we can do to to call them back. To save ones who are in error. Now if they continue and refuse, then there is a time to turn and to remove yourself from them. And then number seven. We are to hate the deeds of the flesh. Yes, hate Verse 23 says, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. You hear that? It's not, uh, it, it's, it's to not want to be near it whatsoever. I have a dog. Uh, Pepper is our dog. She's a chocolate lab. And, um, <laughs> we, we inherited her from our daughter who bought the dog with great intentions, but then, met Abraham, her now husband, and uh, and they soon got married and were off to living in a little apartment where they couldn't have dogs. And, and so we inherited this dog. Well, the problem is this dog never got trained very well. And Pepper's uh, not very obedient. And Pepper loves to find the most grotesque, rotting things that she can find in our yard, including feces from other animals. And she will proceed to roll in them and rub in them, and she's just smiling and having a good time rolling in this stuff. And I have tried to love that, but I can't. I can't touch her without coming away smelling like her. And it's horrible. So... um, 
I take care of the dog. We feed the dog. My wife is actually very gracious with the dog. I've let the dog live. But man, I hate to be close to it. I hate that smell. It's just, it's... uh. Listen, we need to be that way with sin. We need to hate the very scent of it. We cannot afford to see any sin as, that's not that bad. It's, you know, God is going to forgive me. Man, we need to hate it. We need to despise it. And we would if we knew how dangerous and smelly it really is. The destruction that comes with it. The pain that comes with it. Eventually the separation from God that comes with sin if we tolerate it. If we don't hate it. Hate the deeds of the flesh, the word says. That's how you stay away from this stuff. Therefore... Ephesians 5, 1 to 3, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you, uh, for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Oh, to be holy to hate evil, and to love everything that God has for us. His ways are the best. They're full of life. All the other stuff that we used to be drawn to is garbage. It's all lies. The things that used to hold us and and they were so close to totally destroying us. And yet God, who is rich in mercy... While we were yet sinners, he died for us. Hallelujah. He is so good, isn't he? He is so beautiful. We don't want to go there, do we? We don't want to be apostate. We don't want to, in the the least, we don't even want to step in that direction. I know you're with me. You wouldn't be here on a Wednesday night if you didn't really want to know and follow. So I commend you. But I again warn you, keep on the alert. Because the devil is seeking like a roaring lion who he can devour. Amen? He's looking for ways to trip us up. And we're not done yet. The finish line is heaven. Amen? Right now, we're in battle. And we need to keep fighting. We need to keep training. We need to keep praying and so on. Now, Jude 24 and 25. Let me finish this little book for us. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. He is able. Do you know I spent so much of my life struggling with the issue of lust in my life. Failed over and over and over again. And I was fearful And rightfully so, fearful that I might not make it, that he might give up on me. And I tried and I tried and I went and got counsel and I prayed and I looked for help and 
And I'd do great for a season, but then I would fail and, and, uh, praise be to God. Whatever the issue has been in your life, He is able to keep you from stumbling. He is able. I stand before you, and I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm still having to go to battle every day, every day. But the more I'm disciplined and in the Word and praying and these other things, I am living in Him. I am living in victory. I am enjoying the beautiful, beautiful blessings that come with that. I love being in Jesus. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory. Blameless. With great joy. Whoever you are here tonight, whatever struggles you have had, he is able. Hmm. Read that one more time. It's too good. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.